Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast. I am so excited to have a dear friend, a colleague, someone who I just think is the berries on today. Um, we have MVP and author Becky Beneshek on from Wisconsin. Yes, that's where you are today, yep. right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for being on. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I think you're the berries too. I hope you know that. I probably don't tell you enough, but I will from now on. You're <laughs> absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Oh, right on. Well, yay. So, so Becky and I've known each other for a while now, and um, I, I got I've gotten to know you on so many different levels. I'm like, God, where to start? Because you're a maven of so many things, you know. Um, <laughs> Which is awesome. I'm okay with you saying that. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, awesome. Well, maybe. Um. So maybe we'll start with the the technology side of it. So, um. You know, Becky is also a Microsoft MVP in the office space. And, gosh, how long have you been an MVP? Let's start there. Uh three years now. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Right on. And what's so tell tell everybody kind of how you got started with technology. Maybe let's go back. Let's go back a little bit. You know? Let's go back a little bit. You feel that little, the time lapse is going back. Yeah. I think it actually, it started in, let's see, several companies ago, okay. as these things usually usually go, where yeah. I kind of worked my way up um, to this wonderful mix of marketing and IT. Okay. So I kind of like to call it recreational IT, because <laughs> it's, it's, for me, it's all the fun stuff. You can be creative um, and analytical at the same time. You can do some fun coding and and at the same time, you know, deliver things that that make people feel good, good design. Um, I, I like doing things like that. I like helping people. I like getting them what they need so they can just get on with their day because usually that's what people want. They're like, what, you know, right. it's the other side of what's in it for me. It's like, all right, I need a resource. How can I get this? How can I keep moving? Yeah. So it's only really looking back at the time, I had no idea I would end up where I am now, moving through social media to online community management. Right. So and it's wonderful to look back and see all the steps that, that prepared me for this. I mean, I'm an English major. Okay. You know, when I graduated college, I never would have thought I'd be doing this. Right. Of course, right. it didn't actually exist then either. So, you know, there's that. It's, it's just amazing. You never know how you're going to end up. <laughs> Absolutely. So many of us, you know, that I talk with and, you know, we, a lot of us came from the arts or BAs and all of that. And we're like, oh, now we're in technology. You know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, like, I know my parents, much to my chagrin of my theater degree, you know, I use it every day. Um, but right. yeah, absolutely. Well, tell everybody a little bit about the Crisis Prevention Institute, because that's a really amazing thing and a place that you're working. Will you tell everybody about that and what that does a little bit? Oh, I'd be happy to, because you're right. It is a real feel good place yeah. and that's, it's inside and out. So, mm -hmm. so it's pretty cool. Uh, I'll give, I'll give the nutshell version. We are a training company, train the trainers. So we'll come to you. Uh, you can train to become what we call a certified instructor. Yep. And, um, you will then take our techniques back to your staff and train them. So it's basically keeping the children and adults in your care safe. 
Wow. Uh, these are nurses, teachers, security guards, human services, any role you interact with people. Mm-hmm. If you think, you know, I'm just in an office building. Yeah, well, you're probably interacting with people. There's people that come in, coworkers, bosses, etc. We've just got a lot of skills, um, verbal de-escalation techniques, nonverbal techniques, just to kind of prevent challenging or even violent behavior. Right. So... You know, you know best the population that you're serving in your facility or district. You know the challenges, and now you have these tools to help. Mm-hmm. And it goes beyond putting a Band-Aid on something because, you know, then behavior will keep happening. We we try to help you get to the core right. of what's causing it yep. so you can really help somebody. Wow. And is it, that, um, is it really mostly in the Wisconsin area? Because I know you're in, you're in Milwaukee, or, you know, where at least the business is in Milwaukee. But is it, is it there? Is it more statewide, global? Like, how, how does that work? We are actually global. Okay. We're, um, we've got a UK office, Australia. Hmm. I know we're looking into, um, I want to say it's Singapore and a few mm-hmm. other areas. Though I will say that, you know, a lot of our business is, is North America. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. I knew, I'm, I I knew the name and I knew that's where you worked and stuff, but I didn't know a ton about mm-hmm. it. That's super cool. What a great company to work for. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's very person centered. I love it. And it's, yeah. it's reflected inside too. I mean, we, uh, we started out in 1980 mm-hmm. and they're small and now we've grown to midsize and right. we still have all company meetings every Thursday where any staff in the office comes to this big room and we go around and if you have something to say you can share right and it's pretty cool yeah. yeah that's super awesome wow and you know i know you know i know you from you know the microsoft world and you know like first of all becky is an amazing speaker first of all so i know that you do that a lot too how long have you been out in the speaking circuit i would say that it it's all coincides with becoming an MVP. So I really have Microsoft to thank for that because, you know, first the whole just becoming an MVP because, you know, when that lands on you, you just think, wow, you know, (laughs) know, because you're just doing your thing. Right. And, and at the time I had no idea that any of it was being noticed outside of what I was focused on. Right. You know, I mean, I was out there in the Yammer communities at the time, but I was, to me, it was just, well, people helped me. So now here's something I can jump in and and help someone else because, hey, I've just been through this. And I didn't think, you know, anything other than that. Right. But then to realize that, oh, now all these opportunities kind of land in your lap. You know, there's MVP mm-hmm. community days, there's user right. groups, there's Ignite. It's it's really cool. And, and it just makes you feel really good because now you can maybe reach other people and you can get feedback from them instantly too yeah. and, and help them and learn from them. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a big part of the community is that, you know, we learn from each other, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. it is such a, I feel like everybody is super generous too. You know what I mean? Um, I and, do too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, it's a whole room full of friends, even if you haven't met them yet. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's that belonging sense, you know, that you're like, well, I'm a part of this. And, and I think it's also very, wonderfully kind of inclusive in that you know it's customers it's partners it's yes it's the mvp community and all of that stuff but it's it's wider than that right because we're all talking to each other on various forums on yammer on teams up on twitter on all of that stuff you know so right (laughs) you know yeah everywhere for sure yeah and you came up and you came up to in social media yeah yes yes um uh when i in the several companies ago job um when I moved on from there, social media is really starting to take off. So yeah. here I came from the marketing IT mix, and social media seemed like the next natural step right. at the time. 
So yeah. I really got my chops there, as, as they say, yeah. you know, learning how to talk to people like they're people and like you're a person, too. I mean, that was a whole new thing versus all the corporate speak you're used to seeing on websites, for example. Right. And, right. and blogs and things. And that, I just love all that whole movement just shifted and acknowledged that, you know, you're, you may be looking at a screen, but you are reaching an actual living being. Mm-hmm. Hey, wait, there's human too, beings. So you may be hiding behind a logo, but you can't talk like you're a logo. Right, right. That's a great point. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I think we talk a lot about humans in tech and humans in the world and that, you know, you can't mm-hmm. create in a silo, you know, that at the end of the day, they're human beings behind the screen, like you said. That's, yeah, that's yeah. super cool. Any um, social media, I mean, so since you did that, any social media trends that you're seeing that you're like, ooh, interesting or oh oh no or you know any, anything that like you know as of late that has p- pricked your ears up i guess as it were i have to say currents has pricked my ears up and i'm probably gonna just do a beta of that i want to see what that's about google plus's answer to re-google plusing itself yeah right. <laughs> i right. guess you could say you know that's that's pricking my ears up a bit i'm also looking in i'm just idly perhaps for my own benefit just any alternatives to the big major players right, the facebook's right. and the twitter yeah and say the just google say the google name again spell that it's for currents yeah yeah so like yeah like ripples in the water really i yes. think yes yeah um they're they're offering beta te- beta uh, access right now so mm, interesting let's see if i can get in yeah. yeah okay very cool and you know the i i'm looking at over here on my desk a copy of the squeezer um, oh my goodness! <laughs> and I said, I, <laughs> I know, and I sent that to a, a bunch of children in my life, and so, sort of hearkening back to the the arts, I guess, or English degree. Um, uh, are you? I think how many books are, do you have out? Children's books do you have out now? It's a couple, right? Uh, my fourth will be out oh, okay. in June, late oh. June. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, and how did that? I mean, obviously you're an English major, so it sort of makes sense. But you know, as far as like. Why children's books? How did you get into that? Oh, my goodness. Well, I've always been a writer. You mm-hmm. know, when I, when yeah. I growing up, I was always writing little stories or class or scribbling. I have, I still have notebooks. And sure. you know how it is. You got notebooks, <laughs> you got scraps of paper, envelopes, napkins, anything you can find. I, <laughs> yep. I, I collect them. I, I stuff them in bigger notebooks and mm-hmm. tell myself I want to go back to them. And mm-hmm. sometimes I do, uh, you know. Yeah. I think, right, right. <laughs> but I um I hadn't actually I always wanted my books and stories out there, but I hadn't actually done anything about it. Mm-hmm. hadn't really focused on it. Um, but then I want to say it was in the late 2015. I finally started thinking, all right, I got to do something. Yeah, just anything, just do it. And and so I started getting my stories in a proper format. I got an editor off of Fiverr dot com. I love Fiverr. Yeah, you can find amazing things there. Yeah got a couple of them illustrated those are these are the ones that I ended up self-publishing um okay but you know in the beginning I did look for agents and publishers uh because that's what that's what you did yeah and but you know I wasn't getting bites and it's like you kind of have a thick skin or you develop one real fast you think well you know this just didn't find the right um, person yet keep trying so I wasn't really discouraged but I also kind of also wasn't doing anything about it I was kind of just letting months go by and then finally December 2016, I will never forget. I was at a Yule party at a friend's house. And our host described a ceremony he wanted to do. Okay. We sat in a circle. Uh-huh. He was brandishing a bottle of homemade strawberry mead. <laughs> of course he was. And he, he said, we're going to pass this bottle around the circle three times. The first round. 
talk about something you're proud of accomplishing this past year. Okay. The second round, thank or commemorate a person, living or dead. Third oh. round, make an oath for something you're going to do in the next year. Oh. And that's when it crystallized for me. The third round, I said, I'm going to publish my first children's book in Q1 of 2017. I actually said it like that. <laughs> I've been in the working world long enough. It's Q1. Right, right. I was going to self-publish it. I was going to learn from it. I was going to get it out there. And that's exactly what I did. Wow. Um, and then I followed up really quickly in, in February of Q1 and just... I don't know. I was just all antsy. So I learned, I learned so much still have more to learn about self-publishing and publishing in general. But again, just like with Microsoft and, and Yammer and teams, there's so many great people who have done what you did yep. and they're happy to help. And also you can also just search right. and all that information's there in front of you so that you can get going, you can get your own answers. Yeah. And, but when the squeezer came along, I was still working on other stories Mm-hmm. And I'd actually sent the squeezer out because I thought, well, why not? And if nobody picks it up, then I'll self-publish it too. Right. And I actually forgot it was out there because <laughs> my focus goes away again. You know, I still have my full-time job in life and everything. And, yeah. And um, I got this email one day and it had, it had you know, the, the subject line re-query. You know, you have, to, you have a certain style that you send out queries to agents and publishers. So I thought, oh, it's another rejection. I'll look at it later. And I looked at it. <laughs> And my eyes saw it, and my brain took a bit to catch up, and there was an author's contract attached. Like, well, that's not something I'm used to seeing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after I got over that, I think Dave, my husband Dave has a picture of me because he was in the room. He says to me just like, oh, you know, and he right. looked up, and he's like, something just happened. So a publisher picked it up, so I was just over the moon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And a lot of your books, you know, Dr. Guinea Pig George and What's at the End of Your Nose, A Slipperyville Tale, like they have this um, seal on them, the reader's favorite five stars. Will you talk about that? What does, what does that mean? Ooh. Oh, I'm yeah. happy to. Well, especially when you're self-publishing or even doing traditional publishing mm -hmm. and either way, you don't have a lot of money. Okay. And But you still want to have something that signifies to somebody who doesn't know who the heck you are right. but they see you at a at a craft fair or maybe you get your book out in the library something sure. that you know you're not the only one saying hey get my book you got the seal and readersfavorite.com you can you can pay if you want to um but they offer free reviews oh okay i think there's something like a 60% guarantee that if you apply for a free review you'll get it so it's pretty good odds mm -hmm. and and uh, they award up to five stars. And you get the five stars and you have the option to buy these stickers, which yep. I did because sure. I thought, heck, you know, Why not? and then you put them on yourself. But, yep. you know, it's, it's all verifiable because there's also a page that they keep on their right. website um, yeah. as well. So that's super yeah. cool. Wow. You know, it's so funny. I keep listening. I, I always think this when I hear you speak and when we talk, because, you know, I'm from the Midwest as well. And like <laughs> you, you like I I think, you know, I just I've always thought you were wonderful. But, but like, I think it's also because you sound like my people, you know, <laughs> you do. You know what I mean? It's like my cousin. Uh, I mean, I'm from Michigan, but my cousin lives in Wisconsin. And I just every time I, I hear you speak, I'm always like, oh, there's like some comfort there oh. that I'm like, I'm like, oh, my people, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all the imagery the full sensory experience just comes at you yeah, i get it <laughs> kinda. yeah no kidding uh it's so funny so and with with these so i think i find the, the whole thing super interesting as far as the self-publishing piece of it um and you so you have you obviously work with an illustrator right 
um, mm. on these because they're children's books, which, you know, precludes like having some visuals. Um, and, I, you know, you have <laughs> um, Kelly and and I think it's Matt and, you know, um, and Alicia now, you know, with other folks with Hush Mouse that's coming out. Um, how yeah. did you how did you find your illustrators and how, how does that how does that sort of relationship work? I think it's pure serendipity at, at yeah. some points. Uh, Kelly Klein, she's uh, a friend of mine mm-hmm. who's a biology teacher mm-hmm. during school year. Mm-hmm. But she also, it's she's marvelous. She, she'll she be the first to say she doesn't think she's an illustrator at all. But if you look <laughs> at what she can do, it's like, do, come on. Right. You know, get your stuff out there. So in the summers, um, you know, she said, sure. She's like, I, I think you're one of the people who will actually do something with this and go places, which I found really cool i didn't know she thought that you know so she um did our you know sydney snail for what's at the end of your nose and then i was looking at george which is actually a story i wrote in 99 i just unearthed it and brushed it off and pushed it out second say can you also draw guinea pigs so she she researched how to do guinea pigs and make them look you know like an actual guinea pig and right marvelous to work with um and she was one of the I, I loved how she did the black and whites for Sydney so much. I decided just to keep them that way, right? And double it up if kids want to color it in. It's it yeah, lends itself perfectly to that. It's, right. it's just so evocative. Her expressions mm-hmm. are just amazing for those little critters. <laughs> That's super cool. I yeah. mean, it's 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 then a book, but it's also then a coloring book if you so choose, right? So, right, exactly. That's super cool. Uh, or. The squeezer is a little different. Uh, since that got picked up by the publisher, I thought, all right, the squeezer, I thought it's going to lend itself to just full body, full color kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was during the school year, as it were. But I happened to work with um, Matt Fiss uh, at CPI at the time. Mm-hmm. He was one of our graphic designers, and I'd seen him draw amazing things, including monsters. And I thought, you're the kind of person you can make my squeezer come to life. And he totally did. <laughs> because <laughs> he loves monsters you like the story yeah that's so awesome and that helps yeah and yeah. is hush mouse also through the same publisher or are you self-publishing that one i was going to i thought i'd actually started doing that one in tandem while we were getting the squeeze already mm-hmm. but then i asked the publisher i said do you do you want this one too you know and she's right. like yes so i thought okay cool <laughs> we'll go through the publisher then and i found the illustrator through uh instagram Oh, I was wow. following some illustrations. I thought, oh, I love how she does children and and animals. Mm-hmm. And so she liked the plot and got her all signed up with the publisher. And I saw that alchemy happen. It was amazing. Yeah. It's that's just yeah. the power of social media, right? And being able to see other people's work that they're putting out in the world. Look at this coming full circle. You're so right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's super cool. So uh, interesting, you know, so you said uh, George, Dr guinea pig george let's be clear um (laughs) that one you wrote in 1999 huh yeah isn't it interesting how like i i tell you you know like i'm i've been trying to figure out how to get myself writing the book that i have in my brain and that's on a big giant sticky note on my closet that i look at all the time and um (laughs) it's it's interesting i know i know but i do you find that like I don't know, writer, just like anything else. If you're a writer, what should you be doing? Writing. Writing, right? exactly, yeah. Um, and write all the time. And, and if you're a swimmer, swim, you know, whatever, all of that stuff. But isn't it interesting how, like, trying to find your voice sometimes um, and also 
like the fear of putting things out. Um, you, you know, I don't know. Like I, I go through that and I've gone through that. And with, with that, was it something that you wrote and you were like, not ready or you know if i dig a little in there do you mind like i'd love to share that with i think they're very valid points yeah i think i think george had just been a victim of my lack of gumption i think for Mm. you know i was focused on other things and kind of had i don't know forgotten is the right word but you (laughs) know lifelong dream to be a writer but i wasn't doing anything about it and to me in my mind every time i'd said writer it was kind of synonymous with author right just just yeah. growing up so sure. yeah and it just hadn't done anything but now i had my my little snail book going out and mm-hmm. like well what about george you know right and, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know he was your first george book. crept into your <laughs> dreams and was like hey remember me so. <laughs> you've got the voice where it's like no waving a small paw yeah <laughs> Oh my god, you made me snort. Sorry, everybody. Oh anyway, oh, um, no. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, that's so cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. So it and you know g- gave you a paw and said, "Remember me," right? So that's right. Kind of fun. Well, I want to hear about your giant sticky note. I can't help it. I'm very curious. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, my giant sticky note is um uh the working title of it has been spark for a long time but my my interest is in moments that it's it's a lot to do with the podcast to be honest it's it's that i really enjoy people's stories about what sparks them what moves them to action and that there's moments in our lives that we really pay attention to because they're big um Mm -hmm. and then there's moments in our lives that are micro moments but that truly can be just as large as Graduation, marriage, divorce, death, all that stuff. But we gloss over them sometimes. Um, right. And so it's looking wow. at how to maybe recognize those more and or categorize things. And so, yeah. So I've been, it's been a, a while. I, I've been working on it sort of for a, a while and then sort of let it go. And similar, you know, where I'm like, I'm busy. I'm traveling the world. I'm like doing, you and I yeah. do similar things. We go speak at conferences and we write blogs and we put together community events and blah, blah, blah. You know, so. Um, yeah, it's, and it's fun. I mean, it's yeah. fun, and and it's easy to say, "Well, I have another day." Exactly, I can do it another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't know. I, so I can't remember who said it, but there's a quote that's about you know um, an idea not realized. You know, it's oh, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. I can't think of it right now, but it's like that sounds very tragic. I think I know what you're thinking. I know, you know, and it's like you know, it's like it sits there, and then nothing ever happens, or you don't take action or move forward with it, and it's. Sometimes it's something about maybe they die on the vine, you know, um, well, and you've got the back of your book blurb now already. Done, so <laughs> we just worked it out right here. Thank you. We just worked it out. Credit, credit to <laughs> Becky on that one. <laughs> For sure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I guess so, like, um, I, well, I've been having lots of sort of, um, you know, both technologists and makers, you know, on here. And I think if you're in. I don't know. I think it, they just lend themselves together so nicely. And um, for some, for our listeners, um, will you talk about sort of the difference between self-publishing and having a publisher and what that's meant and, and not necessarily what you like better or whatever, but cause it's not, it's not, they're not even <laughs> equitable in that way, but you know, like maybe some lessons learned or I don't know, like just, will you talk about that a little bit? 
sure. Yeah. I think in the beginning I'd approach self-publishing the way perhaps others do. Like there, there might be a stigma about it. It's like, oh, you couldn't get a publisher. You're mm. doing it on Amazon. Just right. like everybody else. Right. Uh, and I had that stigma because you want to be a publisher or an agent means you've been accepted. Right. In a way. There's yeah. still that. Sure. I've come to find out self-publishing and Amazon has made it super easy. Right. When I started, it was with CreateSpace and now they've kind of moved to um, – uh, Kindle Publishing, which also does paperbacks, for mm, example. Right. Yep. So you can have your online and paperback at the same time. Mm-hmm. But all the control is with you on self-publishing. I mean, that does mean all the marketing and and trying to get all savvy with everything. But you control right. up to a point that you can control the cost. You can control release. Mm-hmm. Everything from design. Hopefully you get an editor. I think that's one of the biggest um, long-reaching stigmas for self-publishing is you will see so many... Um, manuscripts out there that have been published with typos and, right. and egregious mistakes and mm-hmm. I mean one or two sure I mean I even see them in proofs coming back from the publisher it's like some something can happen between what you sent and what gets printed right and then you, then you panic and, and say oh we gotta get corrected <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Red pen. you know self-publishing it's it's all up to you right if you want to do a hardcover for example then you have to go with um, Ingram Spark, for example, they'll do that. But then, you know, that's every cost. It's all you. But there's also such a wonderful community of independent publishers or indie publishers, we sure. call them. Yep. There's forums on Goodreads.com. There's mm. Facebook groups. Cool. You can still join Society of um, Children's Book Writers and Illustrators Neat. as an indie. Okay. Yeah. So there's resources. It just it takes a lot of work and you find yourself wanting to hire a, a marketing manager or somebody yeah, right. even if you know how to do it yourself just because all you really want to do is just write yeah. but now you have to do all these other things and that is it is that's the hard that's the hardest part i would say is all the other things right right and those are all the other things that a publisher would handle for you then right 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 it depends you know if they're small or just starting out uh not the vanity publishers it's different but you know the small houses which are fun to get into. Um, that's what McLaren Cochran is. Um, they're out in California mm. because they're building their author um, stable. I shouldn't call it a stable, but I just did. They're author stable, and so <laughs> oh, good. you know those are those are the ones you you can try to get into, and then they take off, and then hey, you're you're there, and they like looking at your stuff. They always they always consider submissions from their current authors before anyone else. Right. So right. that's cool. Uh, and then the bigger ones, it just depends. It goes up with how much money and, and personnel they have to right. do all that marketing. Yeah. But I have seen, oh, I want to say, I don't remember exactly which ones I saw this in, but a lot of them will say, well, how do you plan? Hmm. You know, if we take you on, how do you plan on using your presence? Do you have a presence already? What work are you going to do? Because they, it's it's no longer a sit back and and you know, let the mailbox money come in. You really, you still have to work at it. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, um, I was looking, I was poking around on Amazon and your publishing site (laughs) and I saw something that caught my eye and I wanted to ask you about it. And, um, with the squeezer is coming, uh, which is a great book, everybody and kids love it. And the message is amazing. And I want to talk about that in a second too, but I saw that you have a dyslexic edition with the dyslexic font. And I would love for you to talk about that because I was like, what does that mean? So, And it was something that I hadn't, you know, known about until this publisher picked me up. McLaren mm-hmm. Cochran, they, um, the the owner, Tanya, mm-hmm. and I talked to her on the phone um, when you're going over the contract. She's, it's very important to her 
that not only kids are able to read, kids with dyslexia are able to read mm-hmm. these books, but that if parents have dyslexia, they are able to read to their kids. Okay. So every book that they that they publish, they will always make a dyslexic font version as wow. well. So I think it's dyslexia. It's like it's with an IE. It's a font that they okay. use. Uh-huh. Um, the cover will be a little bit different. I think they're really careful not to have um, words being obscured by design and things. Uh-huh. So okay. they just okay. want to make sure everything's clear. The, the wording. I have I have a couple copies of them. Mm-hmm. It's slightly different type. Yeah, right. And I just thought that's so cool. What yeah. a nice what a nice right. thing. I mean. Yeah. 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 Way to be inclusive and think about you know all, all people who might want to you know read a book or you know. That's amazing, yeah. and and you have and they you have them all on Kindle editions as well too, huh? Yes, the um, definitely uh, my two self-published ones. Yeah, I did those, and uh, now the publisher said they're going to be um, getting Kindle versions of all of their books too. Cool. And also, they said there's a cute. I think I want to say it's called Little Hands. I might have it wrong. They're also going to publish a version that's like sized a little bit differently so that you know oh, little right. kids can hold the book themselves yeah and... yeah, yeah no that's, <laughs> that's super so awesome. cool well and there's all kinds of things that you have to think about with children that maybe you aren't th- you know one doesn't necessarily think about when you're publishing for an adult right um exactly yeah have you ever thought of um like doing like you know like i just did the little guinea you know or whatever have you ever thought of like <laughs> Doing them on Audible and having voices behind them and having like the squeezer have a or whatever you know or whatever it is. You are hired. Oh, I hired you for the squeezer. <laughs> You've heard it here, folks. This is happening. This is a verbal contract, but it's real. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god. But well, all right. Anyway, but, but <laughs> more ideas brewing on the podcast. Uh, um, but I think that would be cool, though, right? To have. I think it would. Yeah. You know, I, I'd love to, or in even like a. I don't know, an animated version. I right. think he'd be awesome animated. I just, you know, again, I'm in the, well, you know, I've, I've got these other things I'm focused sure. on yeah, and yeah, I yeah. want to do this. Mm-hmm. I just need to dog on, stop thinking about it and do it. And that's, that's the biggest thing is. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, just forgetting for everything, but just doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's like when you create something, right. And with my marketing hat on, right. That. Mm-hmm. You create something and, you know, people will put out a piece of content or put out, you know, a certain thing. And then it's like, okay, have you sliced it and diced it in every way, shape and form possible? You know, like that one piece of content becomes like these 15 small Instagram posts or it becomes right. the infographic or it becomes the leader for an ebook or blah, blah, you know, or it becomes the, you know, audible version with funky voices, or then maybe someone would want to animate it and turn it into a, you know, a cartoon on the whatever network kind of thing, you know, like it's, but, but also those things take time and energy. Like, who do I ask and how do I do that? And you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like, are there enough hours in the day to figure that kind of stuff out? You know, but, but I think it is interesting that, I mean, you have this beautiful content with like such a, and great message that, I don't know, the world is your oyster in a way on that. It I is. Think. And I've just written myself a note on a notepad. <laughs> it says audible by Q3. So there we go. <laughs> yes. I love it. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, and you know, we'll talk later about this, but you know, I've been doing stuff with Comic-Con and it'd be interesting to um, talk to some folks over there about Squeezer. I think it like lends itself so interesting to like what would be a really cool cartoon, you know? 
Um, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can see it in my head. I just totally. got to get it out of my head. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> you know, direct link. Yeah, and you know, I want to go back to I want to talk um, your message um, hmm. because all I haven't read um, Doctor Guinea Pig, but um, uh, but I've read Squeezer and I and and I know you, and I also read that book. And t- will you talk about the message that? you're conveying in these books because I, you know, they're very heartfelt and they're very much about, I think, learning and teaching kids and their parents about a lot of the sort of beautiful things about say belonging and, you know, being nice to each other and that kind of stuff. Um, sure. I'd yeah. Love to. Yeah. Well, I'll start, I'll start with, um, I'll start with my first one. I just work my way up. Um, yeah, totally. Cool. So what's at the end of your nose with Sydney snail. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's bored. He's going to leave town in search of adventure. But unfortunately, his friend, mysterious old Samuel Snail, says, take a last look around. Mm-hmm. And he puts it at, find out what's at the end of your nose first. And Sydney's puzzled, of course. And yeah. But he goes snailing off, you know. And, and through this, as he, he just kind of uncovers this whole world that's been there the whole time. But mm-hmm. he's been just too bored, you know. He just, he's mm-hmm. been looking too far ahead and he hasn't noticed anything. Right. And so through that, I was kind of hoping to show children it's cool. If you think about our world today, we are so inundated with things coming at us, things to do. Yep. We're almost passive. Mm-hmm. And so if, what if all that gets too much? You know, you get information overload or maybe there's a power outage, you know, anything. Yeah. Either you cut yourself off or you're cut off because you just don't feel like it. Suddenly, what are you going to do? You know, and, yep. and sometimes what you can do is right in front of you. You've just been missing it. Right. So I was hoping to kind of reawaken, you know, the, a world of adventure right in front of you, mm-hmm. whether or not it's snail sized. <laughs> um, right. You know, I, trying to show that, but hopefully mm-hmm. in a fun way. Yeah. Totally. Um, and with Dr. Guinea Pig George, that one, I mean, he, Guinea Pig named George lives in a house with a person named George, and the person named George is a doctor. Mm-hmm. So every time the phone rings and someone says, George, it's for you, the guinea pig would think they meant him. <laughs> And I mean, this doctor, a little old fashioned, he makes house calls. He's very absent minded. He's always leaving his bag open on the floor, and the guinea pig is able to get out of his cage because it's low to the ground and trundle over and go into the bag and go with the doctor and his house calls. Oh, wow. And he listens and he learns about everything, and he thinks he's a doctor too. Wow. And he's able one day uh, to actually show what he can do during a very unexpected house call. <laughs> so. <laughs> so- so that was about, you know, believe in yourself, kids. Your right. dreams may seem out of reach. Someone may be telling you you can't do something. You sure can. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Guinea pig can do it. You can do it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. So now we come to the squeezer, and there you've seen him. He's this monster, scary-looking monster, those sharp claws and the teeth and the horns, and he just comes running in all over the place in the town. But all he wants to do is give hugs. Yep. But nobody thinks that's all he wants to do. He's got teeth and claws and big greasy toenails. And he's just, you know, he's scary looking. Right. So everybody runs away and he is so sad because he can't help how he looks. Right. But everyone's judging him on appearance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he sits at home and he thinks about what to do. He tries to read his self-help books. I'm okay. You're decaying. He watches Game of Bones on TV. It doesn't help. He's you know, All this stuff. And... He finally gets an idea. He's like, it's not about what I want. It's about what the other monsters need. Right. So he concocts that plan. He goes into town the next day. And he just starts helping the other monsters. He doesn't do it with any thought of gain for himself. He just sees someone needs help. He goes in and helps. 
and everyone just starts getting amazed and word starts going around that he's actually a nice guy he may look scary but he's not scary at all he's got a good heart yep so things turn around for him and so it's kind of like a dual thing it's like well what can you do that's in your control right and i know it's it's super hard for kids to even you know conceive of that so an adult would help with that but also it's like don't you know maybe don't judge that someone who looks a little bit different than you maybe yeah. you look beneath yep. the surface yeah yeah for sure and hush mouth oh and hush mouth that one that one was really i mean they're all special so i'm gonna say that was just Maybe it's because it's my newest, you know, baby. I got really tender feelings toward it. So Mouse Mouse uh, is a kitten who's actually based on a real cat that we had mm. who meowed a lot all the time at 3 a.m. up the stairs anytime. And so we we're all saying harsh mouse because <laughs> she had a lot to say. Right. So she became the mouse in this book. The little kitten hadn't grown into her ears yet. Uh, and she's meowing all the time. She's meowing her family, trying to eat breakfast, watch TV, go to sleep. Everyone says, hush, mouse. Except for little Liz. She's the only one in the house who understands mouse. Mm. She's short for her age. She can't reach like cookies on the counter without standing on tiptoe. Her arms are kind of stubby. She can't climb onto chairs or laps without help. Um, She's got big brown eyes and curly brown hair, and her people say she hasn't grown into her eyes yet, so it's kind of cute. <laughs> but, you know, she and Mouse spend a lot of time together because nobody really hears what little Liz has to say either. Mm. So, you know, so she knows what it's like not to be listened to. Yeah. Well, then one day, little Liz is taking her nap, and Mouse is in the living room. She's sunning herself, and suddenly there's a clang and a thump coming from the kitchen, and Mouse says, people don't make sounds like that. So she's saying meow, and of course, everyone in the house is saying harsh mouse, except for little Liz. She'd heard Mouse, woke up from her nap, and she comes down the hall, and she says, she's whispering, she's like, what's wrong, Mouse? And Mouse says, meow, and little Liz says, that's what I thought. Let's go see what's happening. <laughs> so they creep, they creep to the kitchen, and they peer around the doorway. And they see burglars, and they're filling oh. sacks with all the grandma's prize china. And then there's cat burglars taking mouse's tins of tuna. <laughs> so, and everybody has masks on, these cat burglars. I mean, when you see them, they're just the cutest thing. But no one has noticed Mouse and Little Liz. Right. Because they are too small, and they're creeping down by the door. And Mouse, uh, Little Liz says, Mouse, there's only one thing to do. And Mouse knew she was right, so she takes a deep breath, and she swells up her little belly, and her eyes are screwed shut, and her ears are flat against her head, and she lets out the biggest meow ever. <laughs> and it just scares the burglars. They drop everything. They dash out through the open window. <laughs> and her people come running. They're like, you saved us from being robbed. And so now, when Mouse and Little Liz have something to say, everybody listens. So <laughs> Yeah, there's no more hush mouse. That's, that uh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I love your brain. So great. <laughs> I appreciate you letting me just spew out about him because <laughs> it's, it's fun to do it. Oh, yeah. No, and they're awesome. I mean, they, they're they just lovely. So that's so cool. Oh, my goodness. Yay. Well, and <laughs> everybody also, everybody, we'll put all the links and stuff um, in the show notes to make sure you know how to get a hold of Becky and look at her wonderful books and buy her wonderful books and give them to all the kids oh. in your life because it's super important. <laughs> and you. yeah. And also, you know, um, where, where are you going to be next speaking? Gosh, I don't even know. I mean, I'm already looking ahead toward November cause that's yeah, night. Right. I think I'm going to see, I know, um, uh, Larry Glickman, um, hmm. and I try to, 
try to do a user group. Uh, kind of, we call it the Midwest user group. It's mo- it's really mostly like Chicago and Milwaukee, but you know yeah. anyone in the area is yeah, welcome yeah. if they want to drive over. Totally. You know, we'll see if we can get one of those going uh, in the interval. Awesome. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it's like yeah, Ignite just kind of looms in my head. It's just it's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, and I'm already looking for it. Yeah, that's a super great event. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, last question, sort of where. What sparks you? Like, where do you, where, where, where do you go for inspiration and kind of downtime when you need it from all of this stuff that you have swirling in your head oh. and all the things you do? I'm going to say those are two separate things. For yeah. downtime, generally, I, I'm found with a book. Yeah. You know, curled up in our rocking chair or, or just playing with the guinea pigs mm. um, or doing a puzzle. You know, things where you, where you can let your brain just kind of do its thing. Yep. And And click over stuff in the background while you're yeah doing things on the outside for inspiration that's it It just comes from anywhere it's like yeah. i'll see a story or picture or be in a conversation and suddenly it just sparks off and it's yeah. awesome and i've learned through the years that if you don't write down that idea when you get it you will lose it yep so it's like, excuse me i have to write this down don't anybody say anything till i get this down <laughs> like, okay now you can talk <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> apologize to anyone who's especially my husband it's like just, but, um, yeah it happens yeah that's all those scraps of paper you were talking about in the beginning that are all over the place so yeah right yes <laughs> they are. always awesome. carry a pen yep. and an eating utensil and you will be fine yeah no kidding so that's awesome <laughs> Right on. Well, hun, it's been lovely talking to you as usual and going a little deeper with you on all this stuff. Super interesting. And what a great gift you've given to the world. I think it's so great on so many levels, you know, but I think the kids books are really special. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. That means a ton to me. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Becky, darling, thank you for being on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me i love it (laughs) absolutely wonderful well everyone that has been another mavens do it better podcast you can find us on all of the typical areas where you pick us up but we are definitely on itunes we are on spotify we're on the mavens do it better.com website and here is to another beautiful day on this big blue spinning sphere The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.